Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Countryside with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark. And, well, um, the trees in the Isle of Man giving problems again, particularly for the forestry section. And uh, I catch up with the Minister for Defer Geoffrey Boot to see what uh, they can do about this, isn't it? Yeah, they've been monitoring the trees fairly hard over the last few years. And we thought uh, things were getting, were getting on top of things, but... Uh, yeah, it seems to have raised its ugly head again, unfortunately. It does. I went along to Smale, catch up with the latest news from mixed farmer David Brew, who uh, was telling me about how things were, you know, obviously with his sheep on the farm there and his crops, the milling wheat, and particularly a new venture that he's into, uh, Blue Lupins, which I found out more about, which uh, I got put straight that they weren't <laughs> actually flowers he was growing like in a nursery. So we'll be hearing the, that in full with David. Also, I went to the very popular uh, annual Solby Horticultural Society show. I spoke to some of the people there and it was lovely, uh, a lot of produce that was on exhibition there as well. And carrying on from the, the horticultural shows, we've just had the Southern District show when I caught up with Andrew Lees to see how successful the Defa tent was at that show and, and how how much wonderful produce there is getting displayed at these shows for everyone to try and to buy. But also um, hearing about the, the food awards, the taste awards that have been given to some of these producers really spurring them on and I look forward to the, the Royal Manx as well. Indeed. So here is this week's Countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, we're right in the middle of the Isle of Man Agricultural Society shows. Uh, we've had the Southern and we're looking forward to the Royal Manx as well. And a busy time for lots of people who are involved in it, isn't there, Kerry? That's right. It's uh, not just the exhibitors and the livestock producers. It's also the food businesses and also DEFA. They're taking part by having the big food tent there. And I went along to speak to Andrew Lees to see if it's been a success this year. How is the provenance label working out so far? Absolutely brilliantly. Over time, and we've, it's now a couple of months into it, we've sort of got 17 businesses that have signed up to it. There's over 250 products that we've looked at and decided whether they are the product of and made in of the Isle of Man. And it's sort of, it's growing slowly, which is what we wanted it to do. It's growing in such a way that we can, we can manage it and we can challenge where we need to challenge, but also support where we want to support. So yeah, it's great. I mean... In terms of what's covered in the province label, you've got veg, you've got sort of meat, eggs, ice cream, and you can see some of them coming around are actually actively using the labels all the way through. So even if you take something like such as ice cream, one of the ice cream producers has now plastered it all over the van. You know, it's brilliant. I mean, didn't, never thought it went that way. But it gives that reassurance to the consumer. Have you had good feedback from those people? Yes, we've had some feedback in terms of where people now can start to understand if the product's Manx and if it's made in. Um, so that there's more, more of a, an understanding of what we are actually producing on the island. And I think over time it's getting more and more. And we're getting some great traction in terms of sort of, so, you know, journalists islands wanting to talk about the provenance label which never in a million years we thought that would happen but it's great you know it's been covered in all sorts of the UK press but no it's going really really well it's probably one of the best things we've done glad it's got it's launched but also when we were at the southern district show there last week the defa tent was it was full of foodies I couldn't get in for, for love and money it was an absolute fabulous turnout but the the produce that was on display was a hundred percent mank yeah I mean in terms of the defa tent in the southern show was the biggest one we've done one thought we thought it was too big, but it, it felt really well. And you, you had people there that were, you know, you had Close Lees, Bala Kelly, Apple Orphanage, Alman Creamies to go on. 
but it was all Manx produce. Everybody who comes into the DEFA tent falls within the Food Matters strategy. They, you know, they've got to support local, and that's the, that's the whole point behind the Food Matters strategy. If it's local, we will support you, support you 100%, and it's, it's there to ensure that from the farmers and the fishermen who are growing or catching the stuff, they can see the, the, the return back to them. And that's important, that's essential for, the, for generations to come as well. Absolutely. I mean, it is, it's more and more people coming into looking at sort of food businesses, and it is great to see people asking for it. I mean, even we can see some of the queues when I was looking around at the Southern Show, you can see certain queues at some of the at lunchtimes deliberately at the businesses they knew they were Manx, and it was, it was great to see. But these people are getting awarded, you know, they've just had the Great Taste Awards. You've also got the, uh, the Food and Farming Awards coming up at the Royal Manx as well. They are great recognition, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the Great Taste Awards, which we got this week, it was like 56 awards. We, we, we were thinking we'll get a couple more, we'll just get a couple more. We doubled it. And, you know, when you look at it per head of capita, it, we're ahead of every other region from Ireland, Northern Ireland, the UK in terms of what we've done. And three businesses winning three stars, you know, Alaman Creamery, you know, Fudge winning those three stars and berries in terms of the, in terms of the, the toffee pudding. Brilliant. And I th- it shows it's the quality of them. Yeah. And then we take somebody like Bally Kelly. They're a year old. They've suddenly won 15 awards. That's fantastic. And we're very fortunate that we have the Food and Drink Festival coming up. But just afterwards, we have a free brand and packaging workshop. Now, this will certainly help people with ideas of selling their own produce. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was last run in 2014. And uh, when we were looking as part of Food Matter Strategy and looking in terms of how people should actually move forward, what we want to do is actually provide a free workshop for food businesses to actually say, this is what your, what your packaging should look like. If you're walking into a, a supermarket, there's 15,000 products there. A consumer's probably looking at your product for eight seconds to decide yes or no. So that's the crucial thing. And if we have something that they recognise, leaves great quality, that has the provenance, and provenance is getting more and more in terms of what people are wanting, then actually that product will have a chance of surviving the first eight to 12 weeks when new products are launched. So the whole thing about the branding workshop is to give the businesses the confidence and the understanding of what they should be looking at in terms of selling their products. And we're very fortunate that we have Peter Greenlees running this course. Absolutely. I mean, he's the creative director and founder of DNA Brand Design. He's moving back to the island with his family, and it's, it's great. I mean, he's worked with such brands as Cadbury, Asda, Birdseye and Walls, but he's also now part of the, the Agricultural Marketing Society. So, you know, he's using his experience to help and support both the food businesses, but also the agricultural sector as a whole. But we can get an awful lot from this, his knowledge, his wealth of knowledge. You know, it's so broad, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, he, you know, he's, he covers sort of all sort of areas. You know, if, you, if you're talking about sort of Cadbury's, you talk about Asda, he covers a multitude of sins, but actually he understands what the consumer's absolutely looking at and what what the consumer needs to see for them to pick up that product so when will this be on and how will people get in touch with you to to join this course so it's on on the 28th of september at 6 p.m at uh, st john's at uh, in the training room it is free and basically if you contact us through the food at gov.im email then uh, we'll get back to you and do you have to be an established business to go to this can it be you're just playing with ideas and you can come along ideally it is for food businesses however we won't sort of uh, exclude anybody if they're coming through ideas, I think we, it is all, it is already very very 
populous, we may end up having a waiting list. But ideally, it is for sort of the, the food businesses who are there. But no, if you've got an idea, still email us. The support and help is there. If you're starting up a new business, the whole thing is we will try and support you as much as possible, either via DEFA or via my colleagues in DED as well. You've already had a busy year, Andrew, but is there any anything else afoot coming up in the rest of the year to come? I think there's quite a few things to come through in the next year. The projects are coming to the end in terms of what we're doing. So I think over time you'll see new things occurring. I'd love to say this is what we're doing now, 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 but actually <laughs> we've got plans for the next six to 12 months. We've got the food festival, the ninth one. We've now got the tenth one next year. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing. So we're already beginning to plan for that one. We know for the food festival, we are fully booked. We now have a waiting list. We've never had a waiting list of people trying to get in. It's there. It's two days. It's We were trying new things as well. But it is all around sort of supporting you know the primary sectors, the agriculture and fisheries, and supporting the food businesses. That was Andrew Lees, the Food Business Development Manager from DEFA. Yes, uh, good that um, they're encouraging uh, some variation in it, isn't there? And lots of people wanting to get their Manx produce uh, forward, and of course the provenance label as well. Uh, a good, hotly contested subject there. <laughs> but uh, it's good to see, and a lot of people have been welcome on this, haven't they? Let's talk about trees, because we've had trouble with the Isle of Man forests in the past with uh, various diseases affecting them, particularly the larch lately. But um, one that's come to the forefront of it is uh, affecting the ash trees on the island. And I spoke to the Defa Minister, Geoffrey Boot, to find out what all this is about. Sadly, yes, uh, we now have uh, confirmed cases of ash dieback, which adds to the list. We've got Dutch elm disease and Phytophthora. Phytophthora, we've cleared most of the uh, infected larch, although there are some trees still left. It would be nice if some of those survived. Dutch elm disease is progressive, and we've been tackling that head-on. Whereas the ash dieback, unfortunately, there's nothing that we can really do to stop it. It's a little bit different than the other diseases, isn't it? Where, you know, when it's over, it's sort of over. Is that fair to say? Well, yes. uh, I think in the UK, originally, they thought they may be able to contain it. But the reality is it's a fungal disease that's spread by spores. And once a tree is infected, the lesions on the leaves spread the spores and it's spread by the wind. So if the tree is dead or dying... When it dies, it doesn't pose a continuing risk. And in fact, the advice from the UK is that the trees are left or felled where they're a a problem, where they could cause problems for pedestrian traffic or roads. But they do form quite a useful biodiverse habitat for anything from woodpeckers to other insects. It's surprising the number of ash trees that's on the island too, isn't it? It is indeed. Uh, When I first uh, heard that we got uh, confirmed ash dieback, I looked into this and I asked the department to to let me know how many trees we did have that were ash trees. And in fact, if you look at the hedgerows, and today I was looking at the hedgerows down the Balamoda Strait, 25% or more of the trees are ashes. So it's going to cause a problem, especially if they all die. Although that's not actually necessarily the case because some of the older trees may be resistant and some may survive it or may be naturally resistant even in the younger version. So is there a plan of attack that you can do or is it just really a waiting game and clearing up? It's a waiting game. If you have an infected tree in your garden, we want to know about it. We want to know where they are. It would be nice to be able to monitor the spread. 
you can snap it and send it to DEFA website. If you look on there, there will be a, a device, an internet device, so that you can, people can take a picture and send it to us for identification. If it's in a garden, you can take the tree down. Alternatively, you can clear the leaf debris up, particularly around the tree, and burn that or compost it to stop it spreading the spores. But in general terms, it will be a matter of just maintaining dangerous trees, ones that could cause problems, and uh, taking them out where aesthetically they're not good for the environment. Is it easy to spot the ones that have it? Yes and no, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we like people to take pictures and send them to the department, because forestry will then identify it. But if you see the crown of a tree doing poorly, or the leaves yellowing, and the tree generally looking as if it's stressed when it was a fairly healthy tree, previously then that is a sure sign that something's going wrong with the tree and it may be ash dieback it isn't always there are other things that you know drought stress overwater stress and insect infestations but uh, it's worth having it checked out it's great that the department are getting the public involved in these things aren't they i mean even if you know nothing about them as you said now it's the chance maybe to just take a picture send it in and get the feedback you know, from the from the forestry side. Well yes we do want people to be involved and uh, particularly with Dutch elm disease as well where we are really tackling that head on and still taking the trees down. This is more a monitoring and trying to see how it spreads around the island but yes we do want people to be involved. Eventually uh, I'm sure we'll identify which trees are more resistant and ash are very good at self-seeding so I'm hoping that the trees that do survive will self-seed and we'll eventually get a, a genre of uh, resistant ash back. Yeah, and that's what's happened with the uh, with the with some of the other types of trees, isn't it? They've, they've brought, uh, here on the island, brought in the new type of tree that's resistant to the, the elm disease, isn't it? Yes, Dutch elm. Mm. Uh, we brought our first batch of trees in a few months ago, and in fact I had the honour of planting one at uh, Defer HQ in St John's. They are resistant, or very resistant, to Dutch elm disease, and I think that is the way we're going to go with a lot of trees where these diseases are prevalent and we'll find resistant strains and they will replace but obviously it takes a long time to replace mature trees. It doesn't happen overnight. Geoffrey Boots, the Minister for DEFA there, talking about uh, more problems with the Isle of Man trees and it's just one of them things you can't do anything about, is it? This is it. They try so hard to protect them and they do a lot of work in the forests and the plantations around the Isle of Man, so we've just got to keep monitoring, haven't we? Yeah, and keep your eyes open and the public can uh, be a big help amongst this. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, I took a trip to Ballakinig Farm in Smale to catch up with David Brew to find out how things were going on his mixed farm and particularly a new venture that he's got into. I decided to have a little bit of an experiment this year. I First of all, I actually thought about trying to grow soya beans here on the island um, and I did investigate it and there are varieties now that would grow here as a direct import substitution for soya that's imported into the island for livestock feed. But the only problem with it that I didn't actually envisage to start with when I first started investigating it was that that soya has to be cooked, it has to be micronized to to get rid of the the toxins in it, the same as as kidney beans do for, for human consumption. So that basically... Would mean... Put, put them a, off the island and back. Yeah, yeah, which which is a complete non-starter, really, and and of course there's no facilities here to process them. So 
the chap that I was talking to who, who was advising me on this in the UK, he said, well, the next best alternative to that is, is blue lupins. Oh, what, were you oh, going to get open in a flower shop or something? Well, no, I mean, yeah, that's probably what people will think when, first of all, when they think hear the word lupins, you know. Um, but lupins are a, a, a legume and they produce seed like peas do and beans do. They all produce flowers and from those flowers they produce pods and seed. And it's that seed that is valuable as an animal feed because it's it's high in protein and lupins are they're not quite as high as soya but they're not far away um i think soya is about 46 lupins are about 40 percent protein but the critical thing is with both soya and lupins is that they're high in amino acids high in lysine which is is, is a measurement basically of the quality of the protein Certainly livestock that are looking for high production levels need those amino acids. So you, you've got a, a lot of sheep because you've got a good mixed farm here. And you think that's, that's an important part of, of the final process, is it, of the sheep? I would say that all intensive sheep producers in the last maybe two, three weeks um, when they're feeding the sheep prior to lambing probably include maybe a small amount of soya to increase the quality of the ration. They may well be using peas and beans prior to that as the main element of protein, but in the last fortnight to three weeks they probably will. And I do that. I buy in soya and mix it into the mix in that last few weeks just to boost the the birth weight of the lambs and also the milk production. Well, it sounds as though on paper that it would be an excellent thing instead of importing soya into the island if we can get it here. Absolutely. I mean, that that was my idea. That, you know, it it is hopefully to reduce the the, the amount of imported soya and and maybe if, if more lupins could be grown here or even soya itself that would be a very good thing because anything that can be grown here as an import substitution has to be a good thing because the problem is you can't really grow crops here, to be honest, on the Isle of Man and then export them into the commercial markets away because one, the volumes, you have to, to first of all, grow sufficient volumes to, to bring down as much as you can that export cost but it's still going to probably mean that, that growing anything here and exporting it is not going to be viable. And that, that's the problem of the island's agriculture has got full stop, really, is, is, is that stretch of sea and the cost of getting any products to the island and then the cost of getting the products that are produced here that aren't consumed here off the island in certain circumstances, probably, you know, in the, in the winter where there is agricultural production being exported, maybe on the boat prior to that, there was products, exactly the same products that were being exported, being imported. To me, I mean, it doesn't make very good economic sense that we're exporting production and yet 
importing such a vast amount of commodity food as well. Well, we could have it here. When it? we could have it yeah. here. And, and, and it is produced here. Mm. And that's really... The, it's frustrating. Yeah. And, it, and it's probably the... the, the, the I, don't, I don't know, the biggest obstacle, I think, probably that, that agriculture here on the island has, has, has got to overcome is, is trying to get more of what's produced here consumed here. David Brew from Smale Air, uh, catching up with me about uh, new ventures he's into. And it's nice that people are looking into something different. And, of course, the, the soya pretty hard to grow, but uh, full of protein, the old blue lupin. Uh, so he's going to be cultivating that very soon. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with it. And, of course, uh, one of the good uh, growers of the milling wheat on the island as well as David up north. Yeah, the lupins apparently are very good for livestock, so it'll be nice to see the results from it, really. Yeah, it will be. And uh, you can see some pictures of the blue lupins on the Manx Radio's uh, website as well, under the countryside banner, if you want to see what uh, the field looks when it was in flower. Also, uh, last weekend, I took a trip to the annual Solby Horticultural Society show. I caught up with some of the prize winners on the day, and firstly, the outgoing secretary of the society, Kirsty Martin. The sunshine has shone on us again, Simon. I did have a bit of a joke on Facebook saying I'd ordered the weather, but really we couldn't have hoped for better. It's absolutely brilliant turnout today. And what's uh, struck everyone uh, this year as well, I know it's been good in the past, but there's been such a great display of the flowers, the vegetables, and what the youngsters have done as well. Yes, we are incredibly grateful for the support of all the local nursery groups here in Sulby, the school especially. Um, we've got local residents that come and local businesses and they're, they've just kind of bought into our community concept really. Um, happy to come along, happy to display and just happy to support a really fabulous event. What about the standard of uh, flowers and vegetables that you had this year? Very good. It's been an up and down growing year, really. So we um, we were a little bit concerned last night when we closed the hall about um, 10 o'clock last night. It was a little bit sparse and we were thinking, well, we've got some big people coming in terms of big volume of entries. Maybe they're holding off until Saturday morning, which bless them they had, because I was a little bit worried thinking, oh, they're not going to turn up. Yes, um, mixed growing year, but do you know what? The display we've had here this afternoon it has been absolutely fantastic sadly though for you i don't know if you're going to keep your involvement in but your last year as secretary isn't it it is who told you that i was trying to keep that quiet the island man <laughs> only in the north um yes i am i'm stepping down after seven shows um, I'm doing something else next year um, in my personal life in terms of exams and qualifications. So I am staying on the committee, so I'm not stepping down entirely. So we are looking for a new show secretary. I'm happy to help and show that person how, how it works. And really it's time, I put a lot of energy and effort into it to start building it up. It's always time to step away, I think. Know when you need to step away and allow somebody else to come in enthusiastic, energetic and wanting to take it forward because what I do isn't necessarily the right way. It it seems to work with uh, 1,175 entries. It definitely worked this year, but there's always room for improvement, Simon. Well, who, who took away the main prizes this year, Kirsty? Main prizes went to David Renshaw with um, a woodpecker wooden carving in a hard handicraft. So he won that section and he also won Best in Show overall as an adult shower. 
and our young persons, best in show for the young persons, went to the lovely Eleanor Howland again. Eleanor won with a uh, decorated cake last year and she went away last year after enjoying the show so much and thought, well, what can I do for next year? She created a really brilliant decorated birthday cake. So she again has won Junior Best in Show this year and I'm really delighted. The amount of work and time that cake must have taken her is, you know, it's, it's, a really, it's really lovely when people do that for us. Well, Eleanor, let's get a quick word here. Tell us how long has, did it take you to make that? It took about a week. I've been like, doing it in each day throughout the week. The inspiration for it, of course, um, it, it's a, like a miniature version of how the show is put together, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, um, I was thinking about how to do it and I thought, like, what people enter into the show and I thought, well, allotments and the plants and that gave me kind of the inspiration for it. Yeah, because um, a lot of the people who are exhibiting here, of course, um, grow their vegetables and flowers and things in their allotments. And when I seen the item that you did, it's absolutely brilliant because you've even even went to detail with the, the miniature show schedule. Yeah, I thought that would like add to it and make it more part of like of what the show's all yeah. about, isn't it? Just looking at the, your exhibit now, this one, and of course the, the spuds are there with a fork in them as well. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would make it look like they'd just been dug up. And... Yeah, well they certainly do. Is that the backside of a rabbit point up in the air? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it would make it a bit more fun. Yeah, in amongst the carrots as well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and the cauliflowers, is it, on the far side? Yeah, and there's lettuces as well. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful there, what you've done there. So... Well done for this year anyway. Thank you. Well, Eddie Teer, great to speak to you again and see you. Still going strong away from the political world, but took on another just as important role. Well, I think it's nice to, even though you stood down from politics, to stay part of the community. And uh, I've always been part of the community, been involved one way and another with the Sobe Horticultural Show for more years than I care to remember. But what's nice is here, I can look over my shoulders and you can see where the succession's coming from, where the next generation is. And uh, Kevin and Kirsty Martin have really got a good team around them of the next generation, and they're pushing the show forward in new areas. One of those areas is a strong relationship with Sulby School, and uh, the school support them, they put in entries. That, in effect, helps the show, but it also encourages the youngsters to take part. So that's our seed corn for the future as well, Simon. So overall, it's a win-win situation. Like you rightly said before, there's such great support from the youngsters and so many classes that people can get in. And it was great to see the hall packed uh, with enthusiastic people on a beautiful day here, Sulby. And there's been lots of competition on today as well. Uh, there's been quite a few other events in the north of the island and further afield. So uh, I was very pleasantly surprised, both by the number of people here and the number of entries. So uh, we set the hall up on Wednesday night. Uh, there's a good team here, got it all pushed into place. Very little will be done on Thursday. And then last night we were here for when the exhibitors started bringing in their exhibits. And then some of the exhibits came in this morning and then closed the door just after nine o'clock. And then 10 o'clock, the, the judging started. But what I found particularly fascinating was going around with the judges and getting their insight into why they'd made their decisions. And I learned a terrific amount from that. You'll have more entries in yourself next year, then? I think they'll have to wait a few more years for that. <laughs> well, what a lovely afternoon it was. The weather was good. The 
exhibitors had some great produce on show and of course the children from Solby School all uh, got involved with their work as well which was all pinned up on the walls and what a great hard working lot they are and this society there Eddie Tier, the new president of it there getting involved in it as well and he's been one of the stalwarts for many years uh, going attending and helping out with it so it's uh, just one of them things that it's nice to see it thriving. That's right especially with the encouragement to grow your own produce at home I think these little horticultural shows and societies will grow again and um, it's so always so well attended it's very popular the Solby one in particular. Yeah do you have a greenhouse? We have a little polytunnel and Do you put uh, tomatoes in that as well? That's the <laughs> yes, but, but yeah. they never really um, get to the stage where we can eat them all because Caesar has them before they get to the house, unfortunately. Oh, well. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There we are. That was this week's Countryside from the tree problems on the Isle of Man with the Minister Geoffrey Boot to Blue Lupins, which I must admit, <laughs> when I heard about it, I thought... Well, I'll be going there, and he's got a little greenhouse with a few flowers in, but not to be uh, full of protein, which is great. And a lot of research that uh, people like David have been doing to try and get something different, isn't it? You know, and uh, you know, uh, reading up about it and f- seeing if it'll work here. That's it's right. Not like the Manx pineapples or anything. <laughs> But it's nice to see people uh, embracing the new ideas and technology and and reading, like you say, on the research of these high-protein things rather than importing all this expensive meals that are already made in the UK. It's nice to buy local. Yeah, and of course, of course we heard from Andrew Lees as well about um, uh, the the greatness of uh, promoting the Manx and, and keeping that label uh, as honest as they can get it, really, this in is a way it. as well. He's and had a very busy year, hasn't he? And yeah. a, a successful one at that. And the Solby Horticultural Society show going strong. And good to hear from Eddie Tier as well, get involved with it as present. There we go, a packed countryside for you, which is available all week on the uh, podcasts, and we'll be back next week with more. So from me, Simon Clark, and me, Kerry Gomez. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Bye bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all new Super Fast Plus broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds, and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.